fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Nelson. Wait. Oh, crap. Have we been doing this wrong the entire time? Oh. It gets confusing. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Well, okay, so I'm Dalton. Uh, <laughs> I'm Nelson. So we actually haven't started drinking already, but let's talk about what we are going to be starting to drink here soon. So, Dalton, what's on your flight tonight? We can do that. Do you want to talk about what this episode is going to be no. about? The topic they already know. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. No, no. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're talking about the OG, OT, <laughs> the original trilogy for Star Wars. Yeah. Episode four, episode five, and episode six. So we're gonna do our, I guess, book breakdown. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Breakdown. Book. They maybe? they had a comp. They had like books that went along with them. They did. Yeah. They yeah. Books so, exist for the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Disney like uncanonized all of them. Shh. But <laughs> we're doing it, it, it. Books extends to fantasy and media in this case. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do a breakdown of the OG Star Wars trilogy. I'm really excited for it. It's gonna I be a too. lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover there. Yep, for sure. Okay, fine. Now, now. tell me what you're drinking. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm gonna tell you what you're drinking. Yeah, you tell me what I'm drinking. <laughs> what am I drinking tonight? Yeah, so uh, we did the whole thing where Dalton got me some whiskey. I got Dalton some beer, and we traded. So tonight, Dalton is drinking Snowshed, which is a beer by Four Day Ray Brewing, and I picked this up earlier today and i picked it up literally because of the name because it was actually the first snow of the year yeah. here in indiana so <laughs> so i was like you know i walked around the store and i was like i saw it i was like yeah as as, as soon as i well with the name like snow shed i knew it wasn't going to be an ipa right but <laughs> but it's a it's a winter ale yeah so winter ale is technically not an official type of beer so that's kind of fun <laughs> um but it but it's a i didn't know that I, like you see it all the time so i actually just assumed like yeah you know, yeah, there no, was a I, category I no or something that like it applied to. Or whatever. Yeah, basically, it just means it's an ale that's brewed in the winter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there, there's some other kind of caveats to it, but they're typically dark ales mm-hmm. um, with higher APV to like ward off the cold. Oh, nice. So this <laughs> one's sitting about a six point five okay. uh, percent, which is you know it's not super high. Yeah, not super high, just a little toasty. <laughs> the uh, the SRM, it's a pretty dark beer. I would say it's around like twenty four. Yeah, it, it's got. A little bit of brown in it. I, I would say that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not a stout, right, or right. porter, but it, it's it's getting there. It's 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 got a little bit of brown in it. But Snowshed by Four Day Ray. Uh, what what do you think about it? Yeah, it says on the just real quick about the name. It has like a little thing on the side. It says Four Day Ray is railroading slang for an employee who habitually calls off work for one day a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an awesome thing to name your brewing company. I, I like after. that. <laughs> it's like every Friday is a is a day off. <laughs> Um, it's really good. It reminds me a little bit of of the like the dark Belgian that I had last time, just that okay, it has yeah. kind of those those kind of like festive dark fruit kind of spice flavors going on. Um, it's not quite as like strong as it. It's more like muted um, than like the last beer was. I feel like winter ales are an, are one like kind of similar to pumpkin, where it's like I think they kind of taste similar to me. I don't know if that's gotcha. Yeah. Like, it's weird because it's like it's not like it's a defined spice profile or something like that, but it just has like a certain flavor that it's like I would associate that with like a winter ale, kind of that, like that fig Newton or like that plum and spice kind of flavor. So it's got that going on and it's pretty good. I, I think I, for me, I would probably call it um, maybe a two cheers. I think it's good. It's like good to try, you know, and like yeah. I am enjoying it for sure. 
but I think it, like, I think when you, one of us had a pumpkin ale at one point, I think it was you. And you said like, um, I would just want to try other ones, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind yeah, of where yeah. I think this one falls where it's like, it's good at what it's doing, um, but it's not maybe exceeding amongst like the crowd of them. I would want to kind of like explore a couple of extras. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because they are seasonal, so you can only get yeah. them every once in a while. Right. And then it'd be nice to kind of try them all for sure. And if you do have a favorite still, like you probably want to try them all at that point right like, right I, I don't like know. a short like, little window that you yeah. have to get to get them out yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that so it's good yeah and i would i would definitely like i would never turn it down or something like that but i think if i was going to go out and buy another winter ale i'd try another one very nice cool so, so that is our first winter ale our first winter ale it's got like this nice like uh it, it, we talked a lot about these labels that are like the paper labels now yeah. that people are doing but it, and it because it's white it makes it feel like like it gives me a feeling of like snow covered wood or something like that. Right? Yeah, like definitely. It, it's very good marketing on the way. It like it caught my eye too, right? Like oh, I'm sure. For yeah. Just like walking by because it's like a fairly fairly simplistic label, which is yeah, sort of minimal, which is almost. interesting. Yeah, because you know all of these like craft breweries go hard on the art usually, yeah. right? Yeah, and so it was just kind of like that Space stark white. middle finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was just like this stark white, yeah. like in the sea of everything. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's it. That's my beer. <laughs> Yeah. What am I drinking? You are drinking Oaken Eden Bourbon and Spire. And that is bourbon and spire, not bourbon inspired or something like that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it is a bourbon. It's a it's a straight bourbon. It lists on there that it's been aged for two years, so it's kind of making the minimum requirement for a bourbon. Um, I wanted you to try this one because it, this bourbon isn't like, it's not like awful, but, but I think it has like, <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> drink it. Um, I, I just think it has like some maybe issues or, or, or rooms for improvements, opportunities, you know, that I wanted to like talk about and kind of highlight. And so this, uh, it's a 60% corn mash, 36% rye. It comes from Indiana MGP who supplies, they're basically like a, a big distiller that doesn't like market their own stuff. Like they supply, oh, gotcha. and this is kind of common, they, but they supply to people who mix. And so like Dickel buys from them, Redemption High Rye, who I had before, buys yeah. from them. Yeah. Um, and then actually Angel's Envy comes from one of like their nicer blends also. That was like your first... For, yeah. or your first whiskey on it the was episode. yeah yeah my, okay my i favorite, remember that very first one um and so they buy like a high rye uh like seven year or something like that from mgp and then they finish it in like a port barrel uh, but that's not what these guys did these guys bought like their cheaper end two year <laughs> gotcha. um, and so they it's called bourbon and spire because it has like this toasted spire in there um that i don't think actually is maybe kind of a gimmick but it looks really cool um, their idea is like it imparts like more flavor and it's like well, sure okay sure right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's true um, but it definitely looks cool um, so in the nose, it'll have like some sort of like subtle pumpkin spice flavors. And then in the body, it'll be sort of like cinnamon and cornbread. And I think in the finish is where I, I was having trouble with it. So when I tasted this the first time, I got sort of like an uncomfortable, like almost like acrid kind of burning, like burnt flavor at the end. And it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's sort of weird. I think they're trying to like force a spice profile. And I'm wondering if like the spire actually is like what is making that happen. Um, but it's it's what it's sort of like is like they're trying to like overpoweringly like force a spice flavor in to like give it complexity and for me it just ended up like i said like the like burnt garlic is what it reminded me of where i was like i, I really don't like that yeah it's not fantastic yeah <laughs> so what i did is i, I poured you two here yeah and yeah, so yeah. The, the first one is just straight and the second one i watered down a little bit um, and i think when i watered it down it really improved it it helped that like sort of acrid flavor like fall back and it helped like the sort of like cinnamon and cornbread and like the other things that are like kind of, I think you're meant to taste for that to kind of come forward and not be like impeded by this overbearing, like burnt flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've only tasted the non watered down version <laughs> and yeah, it kind of hits you and it, yeah. like I, I it's couldn't taste anything except for like alcohol. And then when I swallow it, like I don't, I don't know if it felt burnt. Mm -hmm. It just felt 
off. Yeah. Like I, I don't. Maybe I just I'm very sophisticated with my whiskey tasting. You can tell, <laughs> but it, yeah, just I think. Like, but you're right though. It's sort of empty flavor, you know. Yeah, I feel at this point like I taste the whiskey like when I drink it and then when I swallow it, mm-hmm. and both of them are just not. Yeah, great. A little bit <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's a little bit better. I think it still makes it to where. Um, I wouldn't like totally like recommend the whiskey because um, I think it was like 40 bucks or something. But I, to me, it got it to the point where it's like, okay, I'm enjoying this as much as I would like enjoy like a slice of apple pie from Denny's or something. <laughs> <laughs> like this is an acceptable form yeah, of apple take, pie. Take what's given to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, like that's when it was like watered back a little bit. I think it kind of opened it up and helped. Yeah. The, the watering back does help it a little bit. I can taste something. Yeah. Actually. That's good. So the, <laughs> still not my favorite. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fair. Yeah. Like, cool bottle though. Which yeah, is really cool. Which bottle, is really fun. cool idea. But I think it's like I I put this one in front of you as a chance to say like hey you know if you're if you're tasting things like this in a bourbon sometimes it seems like people who are new into whiskey will like turn your nose up at you they're like oh I drink it straight right like they're oh, oh. <laughs> exactly like they're like oh no I'll have it straight like you can't water it down and it's actually very common for especially for like experienced uh, tasters and even reviewers um, to water back a little bit to back off an alcohol flavor so they can kind of feel and taste the like underlying tones a little bit more do do they do both so like do they taste it yes. and then water it down and taste it again yes oh that's cool yes. okay yeah um and the way i did it for you is just by adding distilled or filtered water like you can also do it by adding an ice cube but if it gets cold then first of all you won't be able to smell it um you already will be able to smell less in the watered down version because it drops the vapor pressure and so you won't be able to like find as much of a smell in a watered down version but the putting ice in it and cooling it will do that even more um and then again it'll cool your taste buds and they will like be less sensitive and less able to kind of explore the flavors of it. And so like some, sometimes that's like, I enjoy like crown Royal with an ice cube and, and, and things like that. Sometimes that's acceptable. But for this one, I just used the water so that it wouldn't get cold. Is there any like rule of thumb of when you would use water versus ice? If it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> I guess if it's like complex enough, you know, you, it would like justify water. Um, and if it's like relatively simple and you're just wanting to like uh, water it down so that it's a little bit easier to drink, a little bit easier to enjoy then sometimes ice is fine. Cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll try the uh, the bone snapper with water next yeah. time. I'll try that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I and think you it just would do well. straight from the tap. I mean, I don't, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Indiana, so <laughs> I'd be careful. Yeah. Just just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink tap water on a normal day. So. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So, anyways, yep, that is Oak and Eden um, Bone and Spire. It's definitely interesting. I like the bottle a lot. Yeah. Right. It's a really cool idea. I I would a little gimmick. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so this may be our first one. Cheers for me. Yeah, I, it, yeah it's just it, it's not. And what what I do really like about the 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 whiskey realm is kind of the spice in mm-hmm. it, and I feel like it's lacking here, especially when they're yeah. trying to push it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I yeah this this is probably a one cheers for me. Yeah, and like I said, I think that's fine. It's only like a two year. That's the other thing that probably could have helped with some of those acrid flavors is just aging longer. You know, it's only a two year. Um, it definitely has problems. I, 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 I'm kind of with you in that. I, I probably wouldn't buy the bottle again. Yeah, especially for forty bucks. Yeah, right. Like for yeah. forty bucks, you can buy a lot of different types of whiskey for forty bucks. For sure. Go try something else. For go try something yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> so. For sure. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's fine hey we had like a really successful time with our drinks last time yeah that's fair you know what i mean so now we're like back on average <laughs> yeah i guess it gets the job done it gets the job done <laughs> that's my i i hate myself i'm gonna drink whiskey whiskey <laughs> This is after you've had four or five of another. Another one, right. <laughs> right. This is the whiskey that I drink when I want it to hurt. 
So yeah, that's what's been on our flights. Let's uh, let's hop on over to what's been on our minds. Before we do that, we got not really an announcement, but we want to plug kind of our next book episode right. here soon. Dalton, you want to go ahead and do that? Yeah. So we we've done a couple of like individual analyses on um, like we did Ender's Game is kind of like a short novel to to consume before an episode. So the next one, the next book episode that we'll be doing is going to be the Mistborn: The Final Empire. So the first of the Mistborn trilogy. Um, so we're not going to cover the whole trilogy. We're just going to cover the first book. That book is you know I think we've talked about it it's pretty easy to consume it's it's not a super hard first of all just book to get into and enjoy but also just in terms of length you know it's definitely something that you can tackle if you have time over the next um that episode will come out five weeks from now um because normally it'll be four but we're taking out a week off for, for the holidays we we have a misborn we have a book three misborn spoiler channel on our discord yeah <laughs> we may want to put just like a normal and just like for sure uh and then we'll plug it kind of on social media and everything but yep just so you guys know start reading heads up it's a really good it's a really good quick read which is nice for sure and it's gonna be a really good one over like the holidays it's it's if you're traveling grab the audiobook yeah the audiobook is really good i I love the audiobook from this one audiobook does a great job we're asked for it for christmas and slam through it in like three weeks i think you would have something yeah which is way too long (laughs) (laughs) yep Oh no, they would. Have, yeah, five weeks. Five weeks. You have five weeks from Christmas. Yeah. We'll release this episode on December. 24th. Tomorrow's Christmas. Tomorrow's Christmas. Yeah. Holy shit. Santa's coming tonight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So let's transition. Dalton, what's uh, what's been on your mind other than that? Other than that, so I have been I've been really excited to talk about this book. I've been reading the Legacy of Arisha series. The first book in that is Children of Blood and Bone. Which is like a badass name. Yeah, that's book. sick. Right? <laughs> the like follow-up book is Children of Virtue and Vengeance. Like that's that's better. It's, it's not better, but it's, it's not better. It's still it's really still good. good. It's still good. Um, it's a planned uh, trilogy, and so Children of Blood and Bone came out in 2018, early 2018. Um, the next one came out in like late 2019, so about a year and a half later. So it is it is an unfinished trilogy, but we have hope. Yeah, well, we're getting there. <laughs> we have hope that it'll it's be not like soon. the first book was written in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking, Looking at, at you, name <laughs> of the wind. Um, anyway, so Todi Adeyemi, um, who's like a Nigerian American woman, and so this book is set. It's it's sort of set in Nigeria, not officially, but like that would be kind of like the feeling of the backdrop. It, it's a, it has a hybrid magic system. It feels a lot like Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, sick. Yeah. I love it already. Yeah, right? I know like, you're going to say that, and it's like, oh, I love bending. And so so it will have those those core four um, magic users, but then it has, I think, a total of 10 or something like that. So it oh, adds cool. on okay. top of that. Um, the main character is a necromancer. Oh. Which is badass. They have, cool. like, is it a hero or like an anti Oh, yeah, she's a hero. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And actually, okay. it's a really cool twist on necromancy okay. that's like, not considered an evil thing. Like They are considered to be allowing spirits to like pass into the afterlife by like giving them a task to do on the physical world oh that's cool and so they like ask them to do something as like hey i need this from you i need you to like run at that guy or like go like (laughs) sink that ship for me or whatever oh okay those are two very different tasks i'm just (laughs) saying two very different tasks um and like the main character can like ask spirits to do that and then they like do that for her and then they're sort of like a, a spiritual leader as being the type of mage that's like able to help people into the afterlife and that sort of thing. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool twist on like like necromancy sounds like evil and like they're definitely not. The book also has like a Zuko. I was talking about Avatar. It has like a very Zuko-like character who I think she's just doing like some really cool stuff with. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm really enjoying him a lot. Is it like a high fantasy setting or... Um, it would be like a regular Steampunk? fantasy setting. Okay, cool. So again, that distinction would be like high fantasy would include like elves and orcs and like everything else. This would be like just a human setting with like magic thrown into cool. it. Cool. Okay. Very um, cool. But yeah. they do a really, she does a really good job with world building. Like all of the 
at the start, it just tells you like the book intros and it tells you what all the mages are because they each have like a god associated with them. And the Pantheon is like really active in the story. Um, and so it's like the flame users, they're called burners, you know, and the yeah. necromancers are called reapers. Okay. Um, and then there's like people who have control over um, like a life force. And so like they're either healers or they're cancers because they can cause like oh, disease okay. and that sort of thing. It sounds like almost a mix of like Stormlight Archives and Mistborn. It has right? that like, feeling, yeah. Because like Mistborn, you got the dichotomy of, you know, you can enhance physical, right. enhance mental. And then mm-hmm. like Stormlight Archives has the 10... Yeah, uh, different orders, and then they each have like a kind of a god associated with yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of so, feels that way where they're like eat, they're like praying to like this specific god, the god of death, who's like Oya or something like that. Um, the audiobook is awesome because she has this like really thick Nigerian accent. Nice. Yeah, and and so <laughs> she reads it. I'm sorry, she narrates. It? Oh no, but she got a narrator. Oh, that's who cool. Was. Oh, yeah. nice, very cool. Um, and and I don't know. I I so I really enjoyed it. It it was named to time she or she was named to Times 100 most influential people of 2020. Wow, okay. Because of like the work that she does like through the book and outside of the book, like she's really active in social justice and Black Lives Matter and that sort of thing and so the book kind of higher it highlights like themes of oppression specifically like for black people. And so it's sort of highlighting or, or bringing that to light, I guess. It does like a really good job of just kind of like showcasing that. I mean actually from both sides because there's characters who are on the oppressed side and characters that are on the oppressor side. Like I said the Zuko like character cool very kind of has to like struggle with that yeah so yeah i really highly recommend it this is one that it's been a a while since i've got got this excited about i think the last time was actually probably like children of time i talked about children of time a while back yeah yeah um, yeah. where i was like so it's another children of (laughs) (laughs) noticing a pattern (laughs) noticing a pattern right but i got yeah i got really excited about it so uh yeah children of blood and bone i highly highly recommend it it's really enjoyable cool i'll check it out for sure. So yeah, that's that's actually just been what's on my mind. The first, <laughs> I'm like almost done with the second book. So that's okay. What I've been doing How long are they? Are they easy to kind of consume? I think yeah. I think the one I'm on right now is like uh, what is it? I think it's around 15 hours. Okay, that's not like bad. That. At all. So it's not yeah. bad. We talked about Ender's Game having like no fluff. Like this is a no fluff book. Like <laughs> Perfect, every scene, yeah. every time they like she will like introduce something that's gonna be like a story arc. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna happen. And I'm like, oh wow, it'll be like really cool to see like that like build to that. And like in the next scene, it's happening. <laughs> like you're yeah. like, oh, we're there. <laughs> so there's like it's always like it's kind of constantly moving. So those 15 hours in the audiobook are like pretty pretty jam packed. Awesome. Seems really cool. I I just keep building up a, a a queue of things I need to listen to. I know you gotta catch <laughs> up, man. I want to be able to talk about these books with you. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> what about you? What's been on your mind? So last episode or last book episode, I had started the Stormlight Archives to get ready yep. for Rhythm of War, and I had decided that I was going to reread all the Stormlight Archives before Rhythm yep. of War came out, and then how I had vastly underestimated how much time <laughs> it would take. So. I vastly underestimated how much time because I'm still reading. I'm about halfway through Oathbringer, which is the third book, third the book, book that cool. precedes Rhythm of War. Yeah, you're getting close. So since I talked about that last time, I'm not going to talk about it this time. Fair enough. And what I'm going to do instead is talk about the crazy shit that's happening in the Star Wars universe because it's Star Wars <laughs> episode. <laughs> and On topic. Yeah, I guess, I guess two weeks ago, uh, a week ago from the recording, two weeks ago from... Uh, when release. you're listening to this, the yeah. release of this, Disney announced like nine new shows slash movies for Star Wars in the next two, three years, which is, is crazy. It is crazy. They're like, oh, y'all like the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we got more of that. Oh, I'm going to print me some money. <laughs> but so I'm going to I'm going to kind of walk through just the shows. So there, there are some. Uh, the movies, so like Rogue Squadron, which will be really cool. That'll be like, I don't know if it's a theatrical release, but it's kind of like Luke's TIE Fighter group was Rogue Squadron. Mm. And so I think it's, I, I doubt it would have Luke. I'd be really surprised if it had Luke in yeah. it. Um, and then they they have 
some other movies coming out, but I'm going to focus on the TV shows. Cool. Because time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I rank these in order from what I'm least excited about, which I'm still really excited about, to what I'm most excited about. Okay. And so the first one that they announced is Visions. Or, oh, sorry, sorry. The first one that I'm going to talk about is Visions. So Visions is a, it's a only a 10 episode series, mm-hmm. and it's just telling a different story from around the universe. So each Very episode cool. will be its own standalone thing. Uh, the the interesting thing is it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be in a Japanese anime style. Uh, oh, so nice. yeah, so that'll be that'll be kind of interesting because I think of like Clone Wars and Rebels is not necessarily like a Japanese anime style. They're no, yeah. they're kind of like cartoony. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like they are three D animation, but yeah. it's not like Avatar. Right, right. Exactly. And so I think that this will be an interesting take on it. Yeah. The next one that I have down is a Droid Story, which is gonna follow R two D two and three PO. So Love that'll it. that'll be just kind of fun to watch. Yeah. The next one that I'm excited about is called Andor. So this okay. is following Cassian Andor, who is part of the rebel mission to steal the Death Star in Rogue One. Mm. So he was the guy. He's the really handsome guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm really ashamed that like I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's, oh, no, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Adam Driver. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that'll be interesting. I love that setting, right? Yeah. Right, right before... And I think I've said it before. Like the the movie is the o, the OG trilogy is the movies are way better. I think the story in the prequels is significantly way mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And I really like the arc between the two, where right. you know it's like the rebellion is starting and that like scrappy. So yeah. I think like you'll probably see like Saul Guerrero, who you saw in uh, Rogue One, and some you see him in Clone Wars as well. Mm-hmm. He's the guy with the, the respiratory and like walks all weird. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the cyborg. Yeah. Um, but he uh. Tony Gilroy, who wrote Rogue One, will be overseeing this one too. Oh, awesome! So, Rogue One, I think, is my second favorite Star Wars. I was about movie. to say that's it's very easily in my top three. Yeah, all like Star Wars like films. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, next one is another animation, uh, which is The Bad Batch. So if you've watched Clone Wars, but this is, is this like Suicide Squad, but like Star Wars style. Kind, yeah, so kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is I've I've seen this online called Clone Wars Season Eight. Oh, okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> There's a meme of like the Trojan horse. Yeah. And it's just like the Bad Batch. And then it's like Dave Filoni who like wrote the Clone Wars. And then yeah. like, inside is like Clone Wars season eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, so if you've watched the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch is uh, follows like the super soldiers that were part of Clone Force 99, which are just like incredible soldiers. So they have like really smart people and mm. they're just like genetically modified clones. Gotcha. And they're, they're just like a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> like to watch. So it'll be interesting to have a show around them. Cool. Next one is Lando. So nice. this is kind of the spiritual successor to Solo, I, I would assume. But as a show? Yeah. Because you're still doing shows. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be a show. Yeah. And is it going to be Childish Gambino? I that's I have it in my notes. <laughs> I was like, really want to see Childish Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, I, I don't know. So yeah. I, I don't really know when this is taking place. Okay, yeah. So it may be a little bit older. Um, in Rise of Skywalker... They uh they hinted that Lando kind of helped Luke track some Sith. Oh yeah. And so I'm wondering if that's going to be around that. Gotcha. And so Lando would be older around you know after mm. Jedi. That's uh, interesting. Then I wonder if Luke would be in that one. Yeah, I you know, I don't if know. They, if they do that storyline, you know, maybe he would. Be. I think it would be a bold choice to bring Luke back. It would be really bold because it like couldn't be Mark Hamill probably. No, yeah. You know. So a couple more. So the next one is Rangers of the New Republic. So this is a spinoff of the Mandalorian, which follow, uh, which kind of follows the downfall of the Empire after Return of the Jedi. Okay. And they're kind of thinking if you've watched any of 
um, the Mandalorian, they think that Cara Dune is going to be a main character who is a, she was in a season one. So I think you yeah. saw season one. Uh, yeah. I've seen season one and so then she's the shock trooper. So we, I, I like to think that I contributed to this happening because we are in the group that got Disney plus watched the Mandalorian <laughs> and then canceled yeah. Disney plus. <laughs> like we're not making that mistake again. <laughs> right. Exactly. They're like, we're going to release like nine new TV shows. Yeah. You're going to have to keep it. So uh, you're welcome. Um, but yes, that's why I haven't watched the second season of Mandalorian yet. <laughs> I love it. What I'm really excited about is Filoni and uh, John Favreau, who oh. wrote Mandalorian, are the ones doing this one. Yeah. So you know it's going to be good. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. Moving on to the Acolyte, which if the last two didn't have characters that I love in them, mm. this may be... This is my like favorite... This probably is my favorite character agnostic. So this takes place 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Wow. Yep. Way back in time. And uh, it follows the Jedi in their heyday. Oh, that'll is, be really yeah, it's cool. Be to really cool. Yeah. I remember kind of like the, the birth of the Jedi. Yoda will only be old instead <laughs> of super old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yoda will be 700? 700. Something. Yeah. 650 ish. 650, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we'll see him <laughs> in his prime. Yeah. So, I, I'm really excited about that. I think we're going to get to see a lot of like Jedi lore, which is yeah. something that's not really dive like delved into a lot mm. like outside of clone wars and rebels right but like you're gonna all- see the younglings <laughs> oh rip <laughs> <laughs> the the picture which i i don't know if this was a, a a canonized picture for the show but it had a wookiee jedi oh which would be really cool. cool which you meet a wookiee jedi in or a wookiee padawan in clone wars right which is kind of cool but rip uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the last two are really exciting. The last, or the second to last one is Obi Wan Kenobi, yep. which is significantly worse of a name than just Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like the thing right now is to name shows one word. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, the Kenobi. Right. Which so just Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. No articles. Yeah. So Obi Wan Kenobi. It's taking place about ten years after Revenge of the Sith, and they're bringing back Ian McGregor and Hayden Christensen. So he'll play Darth Vader. Ooh. So get excited. Yeah. So. That's, I, that's that's what's uncovered, or like not uncovered, like revealed, but uncovered, like has not been covered, is like Vader in transition, right? Yeah, that like there's not a lot there, so that's almost even more exciting than just like seeing where what what Obi Wan has been doing this whole time, exactly. Ben Kenobi, yeah, and you get very little right Kenobi in Rebels. Okay, it kind of closes up some arcs there, so I, I'm wondering if we're gonna get to see them meet because in the four or not the force. Oh God, ooh. ooh uh, uh. <laughs> because in a new hope vader actually says this is a presence that i haven't felt since the last time i was in the presence of my master Mm -hmm. which leaves it open-ended to saying that they could have met again Mm -hmm. so i i don't know that'd be interesting it'd be kind of weird i think i I don't know but i I, think i I think one thing that the show will pivot around is hayden christensen and if he can like because i i don't know he's just such an iffy actor to be honest you know, and and like it's hard because like the writing was so bad. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. Like that, it's not like he. Had... I blame the writing, not Hayden. On yeah, that for one. sure. Like, <laughs> but I've also seen Jumper, and like he's not excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So well, I don't know, but he's older now, and I haven't seen anything from him since like Star Wars was coming out. You know. So yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if he can stand up because Ewan McGregor is obviously like awesome. Yeah. You know, can he really like stand up next to him after all this time? We'll see. I don't know. And then finally, the last one, just because I love it, is Ahsoka. Yep. So uh, this is written by my boy Dave. Filoni, because he's got like a third of these. Oh yeah, no, he he's crazy. Yeah, he dude's a ma- machine. Yeah. So this will be a limited series as well. So cool. there's going to be you know closed ended, and what what's really cool about it's going to follow at the same time as the Mandalorian. Okay. And 
what's really cool is that the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and then Rangers of the New Republic mm-hmm. are going to be kind of like the Marvel series that mm-hmm. uh, they were doing a little like couple years ago, where yeah. they're all kind of like parallel timelines and they're meeting right. to do like a finale. Oh, that's that's right. They did that with the Jessica Jones yeah. and the yeah, I forget what they're called. I'm, I'm yeah. down on my Marvel lore, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm super excited for that because that's be really going to cool. be. Some crazy stuff. Yeah. Which probably means that they have like ideas for it. Mm. My th- current theory is it's going to be a final battle with Thrawn, mm. which is the blue guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if, um, if you haven't watched any of the ancillary TV shows or anything, or Thrawn was really big into Legends. Gotcha. Uh, so the books. So. Gotcha. Cool. I'm so excited, dude. I, I like, <laughs> I'm just like, I got so pumped. And they like didn't like tear these. Like they released like all of these within like, five minutes of each other and they're just like they just like dumped it on twitter and they're like have fun well yeah because i i thought that they, they they announced it like at like a it was like a shareholder meeting or something i mean it was like some sort of yeah like <laughs> company thing of like oh by the way here's what we're doing and and then like right after that yeah they just like started dumping all this information about <laughs> like, it everybody's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> more more yeah yeah what a so time. okay i'm really excited i'm also slightly nervous because mm. they're doing a lot. They are doing a lot, yeah. And I'm afraid mm. that they're doing too much. But we'll see. They we'll have see. a lot of really good people working on it. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful, but also a little concerned. Yeah. Little. But I what, will consume like, it all. Are they, yeah, I'm watch. <laughs> are they um, coming out? like in a like close to one another or is this like hey this is what we're doing over the next like 10 years or something this i think this is three years wow okay. yeah yeah so I, th- I, I think rogue squadron is planned for 2023 okay which is the movie yeah and some some of them are kind of open but mm-hmm. i do think that so mandalorian i'm like 95 percent sure is only going to be three seasons okay and if they're tying in rangers and ahsoka then they're probably all going to be next year right and then i know the kenobi series has already started filming okay and so it's coming out soon it'll be here sooner than we know it so i am pumped dude i am so pumped (laughs) (laughs) oh okay well now let's uh let's talk about we're gonna put our star wars excitement aside for like five minutes maybe ten yeah we'll (laughs) talk fast okay (laughs) so uh let's hop into the icebreakers so we got this question from uh instagram user m underscore sirocco and he asked if you could have any sidekick slash companion be your sidekick or companion who would it be so this could be a human Mm. or robot or animal and got to figure that out yeah i got to figure that so like i'm assuming like a like a known character yeah yeah that's how i'm reading it i'm not like i want a fox (laughs) (laughs) i want the fox from fox and a hound (laughs) form of an ice menorah (laughs) you got one i got one if you got one go ahead yeah i mean like well we said we were gonna pause the star wars type i want r2d2 right by my side man (laughs) (laughs) i want him i want him so bad man (laughs) like just like he is so handy to have around. Handy <laughs> <laughs> is a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think 3PO kind of comes along with him, which is, you know, a nice little bonus. But like, yeah, it's like a free translator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you speak every language. That's always a nice feat to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so R2, we'll get into it a little bit more, but R2 kind of grew up as Anakin's droid, then transitioned to Luke's droid and mm-hmm. got dissed hardcore by Kenobi. I've never seen this droid before. It's like, okay, you well, like. <laughs> lived with him for years he's like years bro <laughs> um do me like that <laughs> and then you know they kind of pick it up in the sequel trilogy and right. Ray, it follows ray around so and he's just you know he's fixing trash compactors he's you know <laughs> making 
elevators go the right and wrong way at some yep. points in the, <laughs> in the prequels and he's like you know he's got that you know sense of humor i think <laughs> that, mm. that a droid and it's like like it, it's an interesting droid because it really does have free will right yeah like r2d2 is a lovable character it's not just a programmable droid right which which like you got personality it's got personality got a little sass you he's know? got yeah he's got sass uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we've talked about it on here he does like the lightning mm-hmm. uh and so he's a sith uh, <laughs> <laughs> r2 is a sith yeah me confirmed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think r2 r2 would be really fun to have around yeah so. i could see that that's a good like you said he He's versatile, you know. Yeah. The only thing is, he's got to he's got to keep up with you. He's got a little <laughs> bit of a mobility problem. Yeah, he's yeah. like grandpappy R two. He's got like jetpacks in his feet, man. He does have jetpacks. Yeah, when he's he good. Whips out the jetpacks, you know, he's getting it on. Like it's, <laughs> it's game time. There's like a couple that like very quickly came to mind to me, and I'm trying to figure out if I like want to actually use those, or <laughs> you know, if it's like is that is that like, have I used like that character too much? Like I, I talk all the time about about Severo from Red Rising. Like that's yeah. like the first one that comes to mind, but I've used him for other icebreakers. So I think I'm going to let that one go. Um, but just mention it. But just honorable mention. Spirit my, we were just talking about like, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, Severo always with me. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we were just talking about Mando. So like the child comes to mind. Oh yeah. I'm like, can I have like a little baby Yoda just following <laughs> me around? Like that would be pretty, that'd be pretty neat. <laughs> I think, um, oh, you know, we haven't, I haven't, it, it's been a long time since we've read this, but, uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora from the Gentleman Bastard Oh, yeah. Series. It's like, we haven't talked that about that It has been one. a long time. It's been a long time <laughs> since we read that. I really even talked about it. I don't remember if we even talked about it here. But it's basically, a uh, Gentleman Bastards are sort of like a band of thieves led by a character named uh, Locke Lamora. And so that's where the Lies of Locke Lamora come from. Um, and it's very, it's very like Ocean's Eleven. Like, they're like pulling heists and kind of, and it's set in yeah. like maybe like medieval Venice kind of setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so they're like... Um, they're p- performing like these big heists on like nobles and like giving back to the poor and that sort of thing. Like that's kind of the setting of the book. And he has like a best friend uh, named John Tannen, who I think is a really awesome sidekick. Yeah, he, he is. He basically like he he is very much like Big John or whatever his name is. <laughs> Robin is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just kind of like the muscle, kind of like the enforcer. But throughout the series, they like explore like first of all, there's just a lot of really good characters in the in the. Because um, it's not just that book. The Lies of Locke Memoir is the first one, but there's uh, three and a fourth one coming out now. They've, they've oh, I didn't, oh no, one. I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's coming out. It's kind of interesting because each one of them is almost like a complete story. Yeah, they stand alone. And then there's a there's an overall story arc, which is kind of nice. But yeah. like it, you can like you can pick the heist one, you can pick the pirate one, you can pick the yeah. I think theater one is the yeah. third one. Yeah. So it's like different settings and like I pulled a lot of D and D inspiration from those yeah, books. It's yeah, right with that for sure. But John Tanner has like this, it, it, they've like known each other, like they've been like boyhood friends kind of thing. And so he's this character with just like extreme uh, like loyalty, you know, and where like Locke is the one with like all the charisma and he's like the one that's like kind of always getting them into trouble and that sort of thing. And like John is the one that like kind of like grounds them. Um, he's like focused on keeping them like safe and healthy and, and that sort of thing. And Are you and- saying you have a lot of charisma? because <laughs> you do uh, yeah <laughs> and i need a john in my life yeah. <laughs> who can keep me safe from bullies <laughs> um but yeah he, and he's also like he's a super skilled like thief he has all these like uh like like all of them do have all these like different skills that he they um but he also is like very good at like manipulation sometimes through like <laughs> yeah. intimidation and that sort of thing so um, I just think the like the series does a really good job with him, and I really like him as a character. Yeah, totally. That's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. we have not talked about them in a while. It's been a long time. I I do really like those books though. They're yeah. they're 
they're just fun. Especially the pirate one. Yeah. <laughs> the pirate, yeah. Anything with pirates is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That was like, I remember reading that in a time of my life where I was like saturated with pirates. Like I was watching like Black Sails, yeah. I think it is, on, um, it's not on HBO, it's on something, um, but it's a pirate show. Right? Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like reading that book, I was just very like pirate heavy at the time. <laughs> Let's do pirates. But yeah, that is exciting because I think the like the third book of that, like the first one came out in like 2006 or seven, and then it was like 2009 or 10. In like 2013 and then it's been like a gap he like stopped writing and then he's like gotten back to it cool that's really exciting 2021 uh the republic of thieves i think is what it's called oh, okay oh, wait no, no no that was the third one yeah it's, um here it is the thorn of ember or something it's like a name from the book so, okay cool, cool. <laughs> looking forward to it yeah i'm excited Don 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 <laughs> dude you're gonna get disney to shut up yeah i know i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry 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 uh never mind cut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well let's uh let's hop into the main topic and talk about Star Wars. Let's do it, buddy. Here we go. A New Hope. A New Hope. So and the other and the other two. We're not just doing a New Hope. Oh oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. So, thirty second summary. We're starting out with the thirty second summary yeah, of these thirty second summaries of the seven eight hours of movies. Yeah. <laughs> all all crammed into one. We did Lord of the Rings. We can do this. Yeah, yeah. You that know? was like forty hours of books. So. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Um. Let's see. So we're, we'll do it where we time each other again. We'll have 30 seconds. Um, do you want to go first or second? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heads or tails? Heads. Flip a coin. It's tails. Oh, man. Did you, are you looking at an empty phone screen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had Siri do it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So does that mean I go first? That <laughs> <laughs> means you get to choose. I get, you go first. Okay, cool. I will go first. Okay, you need to see this. So did you practice yours again? Oh, yeah. Okay, I did not. Pr- again, I did not practice. I, like, wrote down my bullet points of, like, here's what I think I want to talk about. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold preface. it so that you can see. Okay, but let me preface. Um, I think if you if you haven't watched Star Wars... Are you already making excuses? No, no. no. I'm, I'm setting the scene. Okay? Oh, okay, okay. I, I think... Um, this is it, the opening crawl to your 30 seconds. That's right. This is the opening <laughs> crawl. Um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to speak in terms of uh, analogy to like fantasy worlds that we kind of already know okay so i'll, I'll, I'll I like it, it already i'll leave it at that but just i think that's uh just a preface if i'm not using terms if you have watched it and you're and i'm not using terms you're expecting that's that's where that's coming from that's fair okay right let me know when you're ready <laughs> that was so gross <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving that in we need to not save for work tag. <laughs> no, that's right. All right. Uh, uh, count me in. Three, two, one, go. All right. There's a princess in a tower. Her, fam- her familiar rescues or recruits a fighter, a rogue, a sorcerer, a barbarian, and a droid. They save her, but uh, the sorcerer dies. The paladin takes uh, levels in sorcery. The Death Star blows up. War breaks out. Split- they split the party. The party is captured. The BBEG uh, is the paladin's dad. Big surprise. Fighters, prestigious to Eldritch Knight, reunites the party. The Nat 20 to seduce the BBEG 1. He fights BBEG 2. Death Star blows up round 2. No trade agreements were negotiated. Oh, I didn't. Damn. Oh, yeah, I you my time. Like, I had five seconds left. Yeah, you had five seconds. That was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. That was really fun. <laughs> I like that Paladin takes levels in Sorcerer. <laughs> I was happy with that. BBEG, do you remember what that? It's like Bid, Big Bad End Guy, I think. Evil Guy. Evil Guy, Big Bad yeah. Evil Guy. It's like the big final boss that <laughs> yeah. you fight in, like uh, commonly in D&D campaigns and stuff like that. That's awesome. And that 20 to seduce. All right. <laughs> okay, don't let me see that timer. It's going to stress me out. All right, so you just want me to yell out, stop. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah, count me in. All right. 
Three, two, one, go. So Luke likes to farm moisture until he finds some level with droids who lead him to this crazy old dude who takes him to what used to be a planet. Luke, Luke learns the force. Obi loses the high ground and a little hotshot flies in to save the day. He kisses his sister on an ice planet before going to see Yoda and gets trained. Han and Leia go to see Gambino in the clouds where they actually get trapped by Get Vader. Han gets frozen. Oh yeah, Luke's back, fights his daddy and loses the hand. With an insane plan, they free Han, feed Boba to the Sarlacc. But wait, there's another Death Star. They fight alongside some teddy bears, destroy the sheared. Vader gets Vader and Luke tango again. Anakin eats the Emperor into a reactor and the second Death Star is destroyed by Wedge and Troy. Nice. <laughs> Dude, you had like a second and a half left. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? All right, your time's up. Oh, damn. <laughs> and we were worried about that one. We were worried about that one. We're I, just getting better, I think. We're getting better. I basically cut down all of Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and it's captured it. Nothing happens in that movie. So. Right. Oh, yeah, no, a bunch of happens in that movie. Split the party. <laughs> yeah, the most important thing that happens. Yeah, that that was the hardest part about like the Lord of the Rings is trying to follow the twelve timelines, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the twelve story arcs that were going on. Yeah, or absolutely. this one wasn't that bad. Yep. But yeah, so if you haven't seen it, that's basically what happens. Yeah, yeah. Now you're listening. Now you're ready to listen to the rest of the uh, podcast. <laughs> awesome. So. Let's talk. Let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Do you have somewhere you want us to start? Well, okay. There's so, so much just, to dive into. Yeah. Know? So, so let's let's just kind of give an overview. So, Star Wars, which was came out with A New Hope, which at the time was just called Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, came out in 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was followed up three years later by The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. and then uh, Return of the Jedi proceeded three years after that. Which that was a hell of a six years, dude. I'm. I'm like, sure. I wish I could have like seen that. Yeah. Because it. Ex- Exploded, yeah. right? George Lucas is a character, right? <laughs> but like, I like, I, I have. There's no way he could have known that Star Wars: A New Hope could have sparked everything. Like, there's yeah. 12 movies, there's mm-hmm. nine saga movies, two anthology movies, and then the movie we don't talk about, which is the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is the predecessor to the TV series. Mm. I think it got like a two percent on rotten tomatoes like oh man it's it's rough there's short films there's six current tv shows there's comics books theme parks legos like (laughs) (laughs) save the best for last but i mean just so much has gone into this and like i i really wish i could remember who said it uh we'll quote it in the uh in the show notes but like there was there was a time after 1983 when when jedi came out where Mm -hmm. they said you can throw a dart at a map of the world and wherever it lands, they will have heard about Star Wars. Wow. Which is crazy. And I think I've yeah. kind of talked about it in pre- in previous episodes where we have read like works of fiction mm-hmm. where they reference Star Wars. Yeah. Like think <laughs> how crazy that is. Star yeah. Wars is such an integral part of our life that it's a fiction work that's referenced in other works of fiction. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like that just seems so meta and weird to me that yeah. it's just like... Yeah, Star Wars exists in all fiction now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they reference it as casually as like baseball or like other exactly. Things, yeah. And so it, it's just like I and I love Star Wars. I I I just yeah, it's, it's just right up your alley. It's right up my alley. It's and there's just so much content there, which oh. which is just really exciting for sure. But yeah, I, I'm I'm just really excited. I think what we're kind of gonna do is dive go through some of the other the topics that we've discussed in the past, like with our podcast episodes that we kind of deep dived into a single topic so mm-hmm. we're going to hop mm-hmm. through a couple of those anything that you wanted to do before we started that no so let's knock out some of the easy ones first <laughs> okay yeah yeah so, so spend more time at the end of the big ones narration narration um, do you have anything for narration i so honestly i don't because when i think of narration i think of like a written work like i think of a novel or something like that and so i didn't even think to like prepare anything like for this so what did you have in terms of narration for the original trilogy so lucas 
was talking to uh, another one of his director friends where he confided or I guess talked about how R2-D2 is the narrator of the story. <laughs> um, so, so what he actually said is that all Star Wars films, um, which, mm-hmm. like the nine Skywalker sagas, yeah. is told by R2-D2 100 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Oh, uh, <laughs> which funny. is interesting because he's always there. Like yeah. he's in every single movie. Yeah, he's in all of those. You know, he's through the Clone Wars. Um, you see him a little bit in Rebels, mm-hmm. um, and so like he's telling the story. And I kind of wonder if this is why he's always portrayed as like the hero. Of, right. <laughs> he's always saving the day. Yeah, it's like well, he's the one telling it. So, <laughs> but I, I thought that was right. kind of interesting. Did, did he actually like open the elevator? Yeah, <laughs> or did he embellish that a little bit? Exactly. Um, was it really that close? in the trash compactor right. or <laughs> was it really a snake <laughs> yeah so yeah that that was just kind of fun it, it has a little holes right he was asleep for half of the force awakens but like sure you know he could have been filled in or whatever but i just thought that yeah. was kind of fun it was just like a you like look back i was like oh that's just that's just kind of a fun factoid uh-huh. <laughs> r2d2 r2d2 okay so that's all i have on narration <laughs> that's funny all right let's hop to magic okay let's then. do that um, magic we talked about star wars in the magic systems episode is kind of classic soft magic mostly we're talking about the force here um there's also like technology that's involved right like um light speed and hyperspace and and the death star even as a form of technology like uh, all those things kind of play in as soft magic and that they create mostly problems for the main characters um, but primarily we're talking about the force but this is like an interesting maybe exception is not the right word but difference in a lot of soft magic um, that we see and that we normally see with soft magic systems that is not used by the main character um, where the force is and so uh, that was one thing I wanted to kind of like talk about with you um, is do you think like, like I think of at the end of a new hope, like use the force Luke, right? Like, yeah. He, he uses the force and like Luke saves the day. Is that like too deus ex machina? Like, is that too, like we wrote in something to save the day or like, does it work within the star Wars, I guess, setting? I, I think it works as a plot device. Um, I think that if you saw no other films other than a new hope, mm-hmm. I think it would feel a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, let me preface this with saying like it's kind of interesting because throughout you know if you're watching the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy in the prequel trilogy it's a much harder system right there are rules Mm -hmm. set in place where and like there's schools and you know a lot more about the force whereas in the original trilogy which was the first one that came out they're really no one knows what's going on and so it's just kind of like magic it just kind of happens yeah but then like you start to like understand once you've seen like all of them you kind of understand what the force is and what it can do mm-hmm. and how you know you have to trust and like it will guide you and so i i don't necessarily think it's too deus ex machina yeah in in that sense but like i feel like if i was watching it for the first time i would feel like okay like cool they just did that yeah the other thing that's really interesting about the force is that with there's not a lot of it in a new hope yeah right so like which had to have taken some considerable restraint from Lucas, right? Like you got yeah. this entire magic system in yeah, this all these huge ideas. world, force lightning, and <laughs> just don't touch it. Yeah, and just hope, hope that it gets picked up and that you get to do another movie. Yeah, right. Like that—that's crazy. And that may, maybe that was a little bit of the play. Is like he was kind of dangling it to see what the power of the force was. Yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, we want to see another one of those. Like we yeah. want to see more of that. Yeah. So maybe th- maybe that was his play. So I think yeah. But to answer your question in the like the grand scheme of things, not really, but like focused only on that. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I think I, I thought about it a lot too, just in preparation for this episode. I think that the fact that it has been like it's been it had been talked about and sort of 
built up over the course of the movie, even just right. looking at yeah. New Hope, helps the case of it being not too like, oh, it's just magic fix saves a day or whatever. It, it definitely does still kind of like feel like that. But he also like has to go through a lot of trials to even get to the point where he can use magic to save the day. I think that helps too, right? Like Han has to come in and blow him away, you know? So yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like just like he, oh, it's the final hour and I just use magic and it saves everything. Like there is, he has to go through like legitimate fights without magic to like kind of earn his like way to that spot. Yeah. I, I like that point. And also how it was shown that it couldn't have been done without the force. Right. Yeah, because sure. like they're, the, the first pass at it, they miss. Yeah, that's right? true. And then Luke comes in, little hotshot comes in and saves the day, which yeah. is a Weird Al reference <laughs> <laughs> for Anakin, actually. But <laughs> that aside. That's what I should have done in preparation for the episode. I should have listened to the uh, American Pie, but like Weird Al version. Yeah, the saga begins. <laughs> the saga begins, yeah. And then he has a, a Yoda one. Oh, yeah, Y-O-D-A Yoda. Y-O, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't even, I don't, uh, I should know what song that rips off, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Lola. Lola, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I was trying to think of a four-letter like name. I was like, Alex, yeah. that's not it. Not- <laughs> <laughs> guys don't write songs about guys named Alex. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry if your name is Alex and you're listening to the episode. It's just they don't write songs about guys named Dalton either. <laughs> yeah, but Dalton will write a song about you if your name is Alex. Just let us know and he'll do that. For It'll you. go A L E X Alex. It'll go like that. <laughs> Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, this, uh, draw another, uh, parallel to, um, Children of Blood and Bone, which I've been reading. It kind of does a similar thing. I feel like where it, I'm not like spoiling, like, it's not like it magic saves a day at the end. That's not what I mean. But just this feeling of in the first book, it, it sort of like lays the groundwork of what basically magic at the very start of the book, magic does not exist. Magic is gone. Um, and kind of the plot of the first book is the main character trying to bring magic back. Um, and so it feels sort of like that with luke right where it's like the force is gone like the jedi are gone yeah yeah and he's trying to kind of bring it back and so he's kind of having to like learn it and so in the first one it's you only get these hints of what it maybe could be and then later in the series and now in the second book children of virtue and vengeance is the one where it's kind of exploring what the magic system could be right and and so like you're getting to see what the burners really could do or the titers really could do control water and all this stuff i think that's one reason that it works right yeah and that follows kind of star wars really closely because mm. it's this you know mythos thing in you know episode four episode mm-hmm. five is when he goes and gets his training from yoda right, right. and he, you start to see and understand what it can do yoda lifts the x-wing out of the swamp right yeah then in episode six which is a year after um in term in like chronological time yeah you see luke as kind of like this jedi master yeah. who like understands and can wield the force to do what he wants yeah, and, he can do backflips. Yeah, do exactly. And so... <laughs> Jump real high. <laughs> avoid a Sarlacc pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I, I I like that. And I'm wondering if the third book is kind of like the master. Yeah, uh, for oh, sure. That's what I'm Because that'll be really cool. Because I really like that progression. Yeah. Because it's, you know, tease, yeah. train, master. Yeah, for sure. Even Avatar. We're drawing so many parallels. Even Avatar does that, right? Yeah, it really does. Bringing yeah. airbending back and all that. <laughs> One of the other things that we kind of talked about with magic systems is that with a soft magic system, there's really not a lot that's built around or like the world is not mm-hmm. influenced by the magic a lot Yeah, because not a lot of people are doing it. There's not like this many rules. Whereas like, I, I guess in this 
I guess like in in the storytelling of it, it's not. But you know, the force is what binds everything together, so it really does build the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's hop into like our newest topic, yeah, uh, which is world building. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the the ways that Luke has built this fantastic, like a galaxy worlds. Yeah. <laughs> for us. Yeah. Because you're right. Like the the force doesn't really play out as influencing like individual, especially in the original trilogy. It doesn't play out as influencing like societies or you know most people have either kind of forgotten about it like Han is kind of like cavalier about it right he talks about it as if it's like a myth and that sort of thing so it's it's something that people are like aware of but you know for the most part people are living this this, this life where it's sort of a dystopian society it feels like right and i think that's where world building really excels in the original trilogy cuz we talked about in the world building episode it's not told to you it's just shown to you right um, you're just like dropped into Luke repairing the the water reclamation system. Absolutely, or whatever, you know? yeah. Um, and you're like the very first scene, guns are shoot like people are shooting at each other. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's just we would call that like the in media res, right? Yeah, so you're, like you're in the middle of <laughs> civil war. Civil like, war. <laughs> I, I, yeah. The the opening crawl is literally the cut and paste textbook definition of in media res, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like here's the situation go for it yeah so you you kind of understand like you don't necessarily know what's going on because there are so many words in that opening crawl that you just don't know yeah. right they're, they're made up words yeah for star wars so that's a very good point yeah like when i read it the first time i knew what a jedi was right you know because like i was a kid it was the first time i had watched it but i knew what a jedi was yeah you know i'd heard that term before exactly but like you can kind of get the gist of it it grabs you yeah. and then it takes you to this remote planet tatooine right which is this desert desolate place yeah and you're following luke and immediately you can connect with luke mm-hmm. and what i what i really like about the world building and how lucas did it especially for the first movie that came out is you get the big picture and then you narrow you you you, your focus is narrowed to luke and then as luke learns more about the galaxy you learn more about the galaxy so you're learning it in bite-sized pieces which is nice yeah and you can see like luke's kind of (laughs) freaking out right like like there's a lot going on like i think like when luke undergoes that call to adventure by Mm obi-wan like hey like it literally says like i need your help luke she needs your help um i'm getting too old for this sort of thing mm-hmm. right and luke is like nah <laughs> nah and it's like i have responsibilities man yeah he's like you know which is like he had just been talking about how he needs to get off but like as yeah. soon as he gets that call to adventure he's like no yeah and what he says is like i think the line is like it's just such a long way from here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which like you're just like oh yeah i can i can relate to that right like it's yeah. such big step mm-hmm. right and then like obi-wan responds with you must do what feels right of course mm-hmm. and we know because luke is the paladin <laughs> <laughs> that leia his sister slash lover needs his help gross <laughs> disgusting <laughs> that was i hope to god that they didn't know that when they did uh <laughs> a new hope like, yeah that wasn't part of the plan yeah. no that was not part of the plan but yeah so and then you go back and you see the horrible, gruesome scene of you know, <laughs> just burned bodies. Yeah. Um, and the amazingly accurate stormtroopers all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, you know, you board uh, the Millennium Falcon with Han and you get to go off to see more worlds and you slowly build this universe or this galaxy that Lucas has yeah. created. Yeah. They also do like, he does a really good job of, we, we talk in the villain, the villains episode about uh, Vader. And obviously we're going to talk more about Vader, but just, you get such you get the feeling of like oh this is the oppression this is this yeah. is the 
um, the empire, like why we think that's bad, right? He's, he's over here choking people and, you know, and they have like this really scary armor, um, and they have scary guns that, you know, you find out that they don't know how to use, but that's not the point. There's all these seven like, foot tall, right? Right. Big hats, you know, <laughs> yeah. like clean, it, like just even the way it looks and feels, it's very organized and it, it's obvious that they have, uh, they have like resources, they have the funding, they have the organization and the structure, and then it switches to show again Tatooine, right? And you're seeing the the bar, right? The bar scene, yeah, and, and all the smugglers, and you're like, oh, okay, like there's this huge or- oppressive organization that's trying to control everything, and then there's these underground societies that are kind of like existing because the galaxy is too big of a place to police, you know? Right, yeah, and you know Tatooine's the furthest planet from the sun, right? right. Like if there's a center <laughs> of the galaxy, Tatooine is on the other side. Of yeah, it. it's not Tatooine, um, and no- and the beauty is that none of it's said. It's just all like it's even just in the staging it's just the way that the scenes look and your mind kind of interprets it and you're like okay this is how this is gonna the work. shiny empire yeah exactly with, with you know the music that kind of like drives it home which is another like phenomenal <laughs> part of this series yeah it's just the music i just yeah. need to say that uh, <laughs> respect yeah respect but yeah like you were saying like the shiny like you can like see reflections in the stormtroopers yeah and then like you know when you progress even further into the series when you're looking at the rebels like they're covered in dirt mm-hmm. and you know they're they're cloth rather than like the shiny plastic right and it's just right. like their mom stitched it together yeah exactly <laughs> and you can tell yeah. right you can tell who who the oppressor and who the oppressed is yeah. which not 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 a spoiler from Mandalorian, but it's cool to watch through the Mandalorian and see those roles reversed. Mm. Because, like, when you see stormtroopers in the Mandalorian, they're disheveled, they're dirty. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Mando is clean. Yeah. Right? And so it's just kind of an interesting reversal in, in Mandalorian, which takes place after Jedi. Yeah. Right? So I I just keep going back to Mos Eisley. Okay, so Obi-Wan's been places, right? <laughs> he got around he's he's got around he fought in the clone wars he's been to geonosis for christ's sake mm-hmm. how can he say that moss eisley is the most wretched hive of von or scum and villainy when he's been to all of these other places it's really not that bad it doesn't but whatever i'm it's sorry a, it's a bit of a bold claim yeah right like i've seen where you've been man like <laughs> damn. damn um but yeah, like they, they go to and, you know, you meet the next kind of hero of the story, which is Han and yeah. Han shot first. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. Yeah. Um, Do you ever see the interview with Harrison Ford when they asked him, like, you know, did Han shoot first or did Greedo shoot no. first? Because there's been this whole thing in the yeah. original cut Han shot first and then they spliced in that they shot at the same time. And then yeah. it's been weird. Like it, the, the footage has been edited. But when they asked Harrison Ford. Did Han shoot first? His response was, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> Which is so Han Solo. <laughs> I'm alive. That's all that matters. Yeah. But you get to meet Han and Chewie and they yeah. board the Millennium Falcon yeah. to, to go into space to, I guess, go to Alderaan. Which- yeah. Hitch a Whoops. ride for ten thousand credits or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which which is another area that like again that's it's just the world kind of being shown to you that of course there would be someone like Han who has like um, the ability to do this and who has this kind of as a career. Um, we talked in previous book episodes. We limit ourselves to one rabbit hole, and the Millennium Falcon was is what I want to use my rabbit hole. On. Go team! It is one of like the most iconic like images, right? In, in like sci-fi and fantasy, like everybody yeah. knows what the Millennium Falcon. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see a silhouette of a Millennium Falcon, and you Falcon, and you know what it is, right? Yeah, it's right. It, it's right, right there beside Vader, right there beside R two. Like you yeah. just, oh, like that's 
like even people who haven't seen Star Wars, like I've seen them. Oh, that's Star Wars. Yeah, right. Which is just cool. But right. I'm I'm, I'm excited. If someone says they have never heard of the Millennium Falcon. The correct response is it's the ship that made the Kelso run in less than <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know about this? How do you not know about it? It's Childish outrun- Gambino had it. <laughs> <laughs> run Imperial starships. <laughs> you absolute knave. <laughs> You disgust me. I I don't even know why I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk. Let's talk about the Millennium Falcon. We'll talk. First of all, it is uh, originally a Corellian built freighter. Um, It's built about 60 years before the like events of A New Hope. Um, And so it has like this whole life before it ever met Lando of like just being a freighter. Basically, the like the like mandibles on the front where it has like that square cutout. Yeah, yeah. That's where it would have like pushed freight around. Oh, cool. Okay. That's that's what that was for. It was then like outfitted later by Han for those like two out jutting mandibles to have cannons in them because he's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm not pushing freight around. (laughs) Um, So basically, it was involved. Uh, it was during the Clone Wars. It actually like it does exist, but it was the property of the Republic. It had a different name. It was called the Stellar Envoy for whatever reason. Okay, um, it's way less cool. So yeah, right, way less cool. <laughs> um, and it was involved in a collision with a bulk freighter and basically sold for scrap. And that's where Lando acquired it. He acquired it in a game of uh, Sabacc, which is basically like their poker game. Right, you see a lot of it in Solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no idea what those rules are. <laughs> yeah, not a clue. Doesn't make any sense to me. But he acquired it. He converted it into a sports vessel after seeing basically the potential of like the freight pushing engines. It had like these humongous engines for its size. And he was like, I bet this thing could be real fast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. So he, he like kind of retrofitted it to be super fast. And if you've seen solo, then kind of in the events of solo uh, L3, which is a, a droid that Lando has is essentially the consciousness is, is uploaded into the millennium Falcon. And that's really where it becomes what we know as the millennium Falcon as its core. It then when we talk about it, making the Kessel run in 12 parsecs, um, there's been a that's first of all that's a meme right of like parsecs <laughs> is a unit of distance <laughs> not a unit of time uh, that is true it is a unit of stellar distance um, and it, I think probably that's probably what happened right is they looked up like some spacey term yeah right <laughs> and just like wrote it in it has been sort of like retconned in as like lore um, where George Lucas kind of explained okay well here's the way that that like hyperspace works basically hyperspace is a parallel dimension um, it, it correlates one to one with space in like our real space. And when people pass the speed of light, they enter hyperspace. They're able to move through hyperspace. Um, but objects that have mass in real space also have mass in hyperspace. And coming close to those masses can be catastrophic. And so when ships have to navigate through hyperspace, um, they have to have very despi- very defined pathways. And Han even talks about this, you know, where he's like, one wrong calculation, we can end up in a supernova or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and that's, so when they talk about it, in terms of the retcon, uh, when they talk about it running the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, um, the safest way to run the Kessel Run took 20 parsecs. Okay. Um, and Han, after uploading L3 into the Millennium Falcon, was able to calculate away with the speed and the agility and the size of the ship to do it in 12. And so that's the way that he was able to do it, quote, faster. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, was because he was using less distance. He found like, okay, a more cool. like, efficient way to make the Kessel more Run. More dangerous, but... More dangerous, <laughs> yeah. And But also super cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I do really like the fact that L3 is in the Millennium Falcon because it's like a sentient like right. form at that point, right? Yeah. And like 3PO and L3 don't really get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <I just laughs> kind of funny. Like it's just like that kind of lore is just great. Like It is. Um, and like you do like the Millennium Falcon, even before Solo, you felt like it was a character. Yeah. Right? Like when it gets shot, you're like, no. No. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> yeah. It's kept them safe. It hides them from, you know, Imperial Stormtroopers yeah. and like it's fancy smuggler yeah. cabins, whatever they're. 
that which can't like be scanned or whatever. Yeah, which like look down. Look down. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that hard. Not that hard. Um, but I think you're right that it makes it feel like a character. That's one of the reasons it becomes like so iconic. Um, we know that it goes through like it stays with Han through the original trilogy. It then like has some more like interactions over the like later trilogies, which we can talk about <laughs> when we do an episode with that. Uh, uh, just know that it sticks around yeah. <laughs> and it continues to go through repairs. One of the reasons that Lando comes up and goes, what did you do to my ship? <laughs> looks very different from when yeah. Lando had it. But yeah, anyway, that's my kind of like synopsis of the Millennium Falcon is when I was a kid, like watching Star Wars, it was always like, like, yeah, I wanted a lightsaber, but like if I had a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. the Falcon. I want the Legos for the Millennium Falcon. I know. They're always like, and they're always huge and really they're expensive. huge. One of my coworkers has it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Maybe so cool. It's it, like, it's, it's bigger than the, like, it's the size of this table. Yeah. Like it. They're crazy big. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It looks so cool. <laughs> and they have like, actually, you know, there's like published like schematics for like, here's where like, you know, the kitchen is and, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, like there, there, there are actual uh, canon layouts for uh, the way the Millennium Falcon is arranged. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I, I love the details, right? For sure. Um, for sure. So, so yeah, that's my, uh, that's my, my little rabbit hole. Diving nice. I like Falcon. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the captain of the Falcon is one of the heroes of the story, Han. Yep. Right. And then you got Chewie. Yep. Which, like, okay, so Han is a hero. Han's kind of, Han's an interesting character. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he's just, like, y- you love him. Right. But he's also kind of, like, you know, he's in it for the money, right? right. Until Empire, I guess. Well, like, I don't know. Like, the, the entire time. Until, until like, the end of A New Hope, right? When he, like, when he comes back. When he comes back. Like, yeah. that's when he's, like, solidified into the hero status for me. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, I think Chewie's always a hero. I love Chewie, dude. Yeah. Like, I just, like. Chewie's, like, his conscious, right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, when, in, like, Empire, when uh, 3PO gets, like, destroyed by the Empire droids in Cloud City, mm-hmm. uh, where, like, Chewie's trying to, like, put them back together. That's, yeah. like, so <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, oh, Chewie. Yeah, Chewie, Chewie's a great character. Um, sure. And you see, like, kind of, like, that love again in the sequel trilogy as well yeah, yeah absolutely. and that that bond is just so cool which you get to see in solo like how that got formed yeah and yeah. like you see like why are droids never like I, I don't know like why does no one ever like why don't why do people talk back to droids it's like well droids aren't known for ripping people's arms off like wookies are and it's like oh like <laughs> han like chewy and han like that that's a relationship like how yeah he rips arms off how how did han become friends with that <laughs> right yeah. like so you know it's that intrigue for sure um what other heroes do we got in the story for sure i think like when i think of star wars it's more than i think probably more than other like books and, and series that we've analyzed has a very clear delineation between uh, totally yeah between like good and evil right i think the only one who is in the gray area for me uh would be lando calrissian yep as kind of like a neutral like we're not sure uh, han you could say is like in that but uh, at the beginning, but I agree that he like it's very much locked into the hero category, and like in the five and six, he's like totally like there. Like no, you don't really doubt it. Other than that, yeah, the obvious ones would be like Luke, Leia, um, and then like the droids, and just like in general, like the rest of the rebels. Right? Yep, Admiral yep, Akbar yep, yep. and like all those. It's guys. a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. <laughs> um, and and all of like his his crew or whatever, you know. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, the Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, Wedge. Wedge. <laughs> I always think Wedge's name is Wash because of uh, Firefly. Like, oh I'm yeah, yeah. Like, I'm always like, oh yeah, Wash. That's not his name. That's not his name. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, Wedge. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that like the delineation between like good and evil? Do you think that that's good for the series, or like could they have written in more characters that were like kind of gray? That's a good question. I I I I like it how it is. 
Yes. Like the original trilogy, I, I like how I, I like how there's that delineation, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think you're thrown into so much that having gray characters probably could complicate that a little bit too much. Yeah. Whereas like in the prequel trilogy, there are gray characters, right? Like sure. the, the banking clans and everything where it's like not taking you aside. They're just funding or like in the sequel trilogy, it's like they make weapons for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that kind, which probably is evil, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do really like the delineation is because you're learning. Like you have no idea what a Wookiee is. You have no idea what a droid is. You have no idea. Like yep. all of these words and world building and how much that they had to portray in just three movies yeah like i kind of like the fact that you don't have to try and figure out characters you know where they stand and you know it's a battle of good versus evil yeah i think i think you're right i think it was probably a choice it may have been a necessary choice but like when we were talking about the lord of the rings right the lord of the rings had a had a similar challenge but managed to find room for Gollum, who was like a bit of a okay yeah that's character. fair that's fair you know it managed to find room for for denethor as as like this king who like is maybe a little bit good maybe a little bit evil i, I think there probably could have been a little bit like everybody on like the side of the empire is just like okay with blowing up <laughs> yeah. Alderaan, right they're like yeah it's fine yeah whatever <laughs> i really don't care kill a planet of people is whatever you know or and even like on the on like the good side it's like they often have like i think that's what makes like lando and and i've always wished that there was more of lando's character you know i, I yeah. just felt like there was more room for him to kind of grow do i got news for you there's gonna be a tv show <laughs> <laughs> with actor childish gambino <laughs> i agree but i think also that's probably where like the mandal like mandalorian is probably arguably a pretty great character yeah absolutely you know? yeah he, he's really not on one side he's like kind of bouncing back and forth and so i think as like the series and the world and all the characters and the races have become established uh, the, they are able to build into that. They're able to kind of grow into more gray types of characters. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I like I like all the heroes. The villains are really cool. So yeah. let, let's let's switch over to the villains. Sure. So you got Palps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good old Palps. Good old Palps. Good uh, old Sheev. Sheev. <laughs> Mr. Sheev. <laughs> Mr. Sheev. <laughs> and then... I mean, you got Vader, right? Yeah. Like iconic, iconic villain. Yeah. If you think of villain and you don't like immediately think of Vader, that's yeah. impressive. <laughs> like, right. it, it, it comes to mind immediately for sure. Yeah, and it's like almost like an icon. Like I'm, like I would not be surprised if I type in villain if the Vader emoji pops up. Right, right. Like, <laughs> right? It's it's just there. Yeah, and I just can't. I I don't know. Like in '77, did they know? How iconic it was gonna they they couldn't that have Vader would be yeah. but like they pulled because he's off. definitely more of an iconic villain than any of the heroes are iconic heroes yeah I would say. yeah yeah absolutely and it, it's everyone's in white Vader's in black yeah right Vader's and Anakin like I, I've said previously Anakin is my favorite Star yeah. Wars character maybe my favorite character of all time but he is so extra. <laughs> like he is so like like i want in, a fucking cape yeah <laughs> no capes <laughs> um but but like when when you like when obi walks around the corner and vader's just there and like ignites his lightsaber it's like okay like <laughs> come he on in a dramatic entrance <laughs> yeah exactly or like he was um, just holding you're right he was just holding an unopened lightsaber yeah. in his hand he's gonna walk around that corner any second or yeah my favorite my favorite one is in rogue one yeah 
which takes place right before uh, A New Hope, and where Vader is at the very end when he boards the ship and is killing all the rebels. Mm-hmm. If you <laughs> if you notice, uh, when he like the doors open and Vader is there, and it's just like a silhouette, and like he turns on his lightsaber and it ignites, mm-hmm. like. He turned off his life support so he could be completely black. (laughs) (laughs) He is extra. (laughs) And I respect that. I respect it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, I never noticed that. He's like holding his breath. They're going to open the door any second. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Playing his little harmonica in his suit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use my rabbit hole here in the villains. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a villain that... Only had five lines in Empire, <laughs> and that's Boba Fett. He only like, had five? He only had five lines in Empire wow. Strikes Back, which is where he shows up. Uh, so my, my rabbit hole is going to be under the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy, Boba Fett. Yeah. So it's – oh, he's cra- it's crazy. Like five lines. And, like, I think, like – I think Lucas – Okay, well, you know, he gets thrown into the Sarlacc. And I yeah. think Lucas at one point said, like, if I knew he was going to be that big of a deal, I would have given him, like, a better ending. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think some of, like, the mystery, the mystique comes from the fact that he is so quiet, Yeah. right? So, but, yeah, Boba Fett, um, he was created as a clone from his father, Jango Fett, who is um, a, a Mandalorian who, like... Boba Fett was actually like part of Jango's payment for supplying the DNA for the uh, Republic clone army, mm. uh, which, which if you've seen the prequels, you know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jango raised Boba as his son, and then like when Mace killed Boba, or I'm sorry, and then when Mace killed Jango in the Battle of Geonosis, Boba kind of like was left orphaned and like took a vengeance pack against Mace Windu, mm-hmm. and Boba's je- Boba wanted to kill Mace. Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, a, another bounty hunter. Cur- it's a bold goal, by the it's way. It's a bold goal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bold goal. <laughs> another bounty hunter at that point named Ara Singh took him under his wing to try and help kill Mace to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this huge plot in the Clone Wars uh, where Boba pretends to be like a young clone trooper to get into and okay. infiltrate the ranks to try and kill. Mace, which obviously does not work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which and but Boba gets caught, thrown in prison. Once he gets out, uh, he starts his own bounty hunter crew called the Crates Claw, with a significant number of Clone Wars characters. Okay. Uh, part of that, most noticeably, uh, Asaz Ventress. So, getting into kind of what we're talking about, Boba Fett was hired by the Empire to track down and kill the pilot who destroyed the first Death Star. Mm. He. Didn't do that, uh, <laughs> but he did find out who did, and he's the one that told Anakin that his son was still alive, or that his that oh, he had I a didn't son. Know that. Yeah, so this this was part of the comic book lore. Um, so he, you know, he tracked down and found Luke. Was right. not able to kill Luke because Luke's a bamf, um, yep. and then ended up going back and telling Vader that someone by the name of Luke Skywalker is the one who blew up the Death Star. And Vader's like, Luke, well, what now? Well, that's not a common name. <laughs> <laughs> And then kind of into the movies, Fett was hired by Jabba the Hutt to track down and capture Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, And he did this by partnering with the Empire to capture them on Cloud City because Vader wanted to use Han and Leia to attract Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During the botched execution, Boba was sent sailing into the Sarlacc pit. Jetpacks kill. No jetpacks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the first time... So I I misspoke. Boba Fett, the first time he appeared on screen was actually in the best movie of the entire thing, which is the Star Wars Holiday Special. 
<laughs> and oh, I'm sorry, and he only had four lines of dialogue in Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So after that stunning performance in the holiday special, <laughs> um, he he's training in hand to hand combat, and I kind of what I wanted to after the history, I wanted to dive into his armor. Mm-hmm. Or like so his gear. So he has a he has Beskar armor, which uh is like dived into a little bit more in the Mandalorian, but Beskar is kind of something that can repel lightsabers. It, it, it's pure. Gotcha. Which is why like Mandalorian and Jedi are are enemies. Yeah. And so the the Mandalorian wars were fought against the Jedi. He has a Z Z six jetpack uh, with an explosive missile, which is dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's known for being very fast and nimble, but it's also very vulnerable to external impact damage. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oops. Um, <laughs> Um, he has wrist gauntlets that have flamethrowers, vibroblades, whipcord launchers, and a wrist laser because you just need those. He yeah. has knee pads with. I don't leave home without them. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. He has his knee pads have uh, like dart launchers in them, so he can kill people with his knees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, on his shoulders, he had braids of boba's, or he has braids of all of his like victims. Oh He would wow. like have keep trophies. That's crazy. dude. Boba in the comics, crazy. <laughs> he would just like. <laughs> mercilessly kill everyone yep. like it yeah yeah and then slave one which not the most iconic but i think it may be one of the coolest ships mm-hmm. out there uh it has laser cannons projectile launchers and this badass seismic charge yeah and like people it, it's talked about how people knew this ship and they were afraid of it yeah like if slave one came over your town yeah. you know you're in trouble and so like he was a very notorious crazy character that like only had four lines in empire yeah i almost <laughs> feel gets... like he was like a concept art that someone like threw out at some point and like they were like hey we could write that guy and that looks really cool <laughs> you know just as like an idea of like all these weird like aliens and dudes and like how people like live and make a living and all that stuff yeah 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 totally but yeah so that is boba fett clone so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's a clone which i guess like the main difference between you know him and the other clones is like the 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 clones for the army were rapid aged, so that's why there are no more clones around by a new. Oh, old. gotcha. They're all dead. <laughs> the other difference is that he knows how to shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's Obviously. true. <laughs> Better helmets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's kind of what I had for villains because I like the villains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do love a good villain. I I do think that the like while the villains are obviously like phenomenal, even like the you know we didn't talk about like even Grand Moff Tarkin in like. Like he's almost like an unsung villain of of the uh, of a New Hope, right? Because he has like that sharp jawline, cheekbones, right, and jawline, and he's just like immediately intimidating. And he commands Vader, right? Like that has yeah. saying something, that right? Saying something. Like he's yeah. holding Vader's leash. Yeah, he's holding. It's like, Vader's oh, leash. this dude means something, <laughs> right? Right. And like Jabba is like like super iconic, also. Um, so there's all these like excellent villains, but I, I do think that the story of Star Lord of Star Wars is is focused on and driven by the heroes, and it I think. It has a very successful emotional arc that is tied very closely to like a hero story, right? Um, specifically, like in Luke, obviously he's the one that we kind of like latch onto. He's the one out of all the characters that has like a normal life. Um, so when we're like have all this action and civil war and everything, like you said earlier, we're kind of like grounded by Luke and we feel kind of like safe and we identify with him. You know, he has this this scene where he kind of like he like puts his knee his, his foot up on a rock and his hand on his <laughs> knee and he stares off into the sunset you know as like the emotional music swells and yeah. fades behind him and he hangs his head yeah <laughs> because he he's just been told he won't be able to go to the academy or whatever, <laughs> right and you're like i get it luke yeah 
I want to look at the two sun sunset also. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. How I think that A New Hope is almost like a uh, an example case, right, for a correct story arc. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. like one that's going to start like in media res. Um, but then when like you follow the rest of it, it has like kind of these like low tension points where it does like a little bit of sort of exposition. And it's like showing you his world and everything. And then like his, it has the classic call to action. And then like where his, his uh, aunt and uncle are killed. And so he's kind of like pushed off. Right. There's like a tension point. It has like Alderaan being destroyed as another tension point. It has like the, the death star and the rescue is like another tension point. Eventually like Obi-Wan is killed as like the second to last one. And then like use the force is like the final, like kind of yeah. climax. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's just like in, a new hope the overall series i think has obviously like several like key climaxes and it has i what i think is well i think what what anyone would recognize is like one of the greatest plot twists of all time right? yeah oh it, like, yes it is the greatest plot twist of all time i'll die on this hill I'll die on let's that. go <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second because it is like luke i am your father it is like it is so iconic and it's so important like why do you think that it is so impactful be, oh yeah oh oh how much time do we got okay <laughs> <laughs> so like i feel like it's almost a trope at this point but it wasn't right like no one saw this coming yeah like nobody knew that this was happening on the set like I, there, there's an interview with mark hamill where he was talking when they first saw the screening of empire mm-hmm. harrison ford did not know that vader was luke's father wow yeah and he goes quote um he like leans over he goes you didn't fucking tell me that <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah it's it, i think it came out of left field and luke is the shining beacon of good yeah. and light and just know that he was spawned from what you think is the most evil thing at that point right you right. really haven't met palps yeah but so it's just like the the plot twist is insane, especially because he's in such a vulnerable position at the point. Like he's hanging off the side. Yeah. Um. He's just lost his hand. Yeah. Right. Vader's towering over him in like yeah. this. He went through all this like training, even with Yoda, and like you thought like all of that was going to mean that he was going to win, right? He, exactly. He he, tra- he went through the training montage. <laughs> yeah, he went through the training montage, and yeah, the like in that fight, like Luke scores one hit on Vader. Right. He yeah. hits his shoulder once. Yeah. Right, and you kind of start to understand how powerful this guy is and it's like this is the most evil thing that like luke has to kill he's gonna come back and he's gonna rise up and then all of a sudden it's just like twisted like i am your father or yeah um no i am your father right and Mm -hmm. it's just like this bombshell that's dropped and you can see luke like he goes through like the stages of grief right (laughs) like denial like you know the the no no yeah um and then he like tries to kill himself um <laughs> yeah that's not true <laughs> yeah but um, i think you're right that like they they really let that like sort of marinate for a second you know where like like that shot of luke like going you're right he totally he like totally goes through like stages of accepting that and it, and it takes like a couple you know it takes like 30 seconds or 45 or something like that like the the it really slows down and lets you, you as the audience go like oh shit they're serious like yeah and they're serious he knows it um and then you know fast forward five minutes when luke is on the the falcon again leaving yeah and vader reaches out to him and like contacts him Mm -hmm. and he responds immediately with father Mm -hmm. right so you know he's accepted it already and Mm -hmm. it's also like you kind of it's almost tender how luke responds and so it's just like not only is it this great story of good versus evil but now like 
they're they're intertwined a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, this is a different type of conflict than I thought we were going to be seeing. Yeah, it wasn't just going to be, yeah, the good guys have to fight really hard, and if they fight hard enough, they beat the bad guys. Right. Now all of a sudden it's complicated. And I think that's made even more like complicated by like Luke's father is set up at the very beginning of A New Hope to be like what Luke hopes to be. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, he's yeah. set up to. He he's like your father was a Jedi, and he's like, oh, like do you know how my father died? Right. And there's this awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain point of view, <laughs> bullshit, Obi Wan. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're full of shit, Obi Wan. <laughs> but like he's like you know he like Luke like I said he's looking off into the sunset. He has these dreams of what his life outside off what his life off of Tatooine like could be. And that's basically represented and sort of embodied by his father, this Jedi who like fought the good fight and, and died. And now he's literally holding his lightsaber, right? He's literally picked up his sword and is trying to like kind of follow the youngling those. slayer 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's trying to follow in those like footsteps. Right. And so, and the audience is sort of like, we've kind of identified with that. So to have that, like betrayed, you know, to have that, yeah. like, no, that's a great point. Just to have it totally like twisted on its head is like, it's, it hits you as well. And that's, that points to how deep of an emotional connection it's built to the, like, you feel betrayed where you're like, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially cause you've been told that Vader killed Luke's father. Right. 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 So there's that whole situation where, you know, Luke is fighting the good fight, but he's also fighting his father's murder. Yeah. And then, and also the guy who's oh, yeah. like partially responsible or maybe not even partially, but like indirectly responsible for the murder of his aunt mentor. and uncle. Yeah. And, and, and the, the mentor. Yeah. And the mentor. Yeah. <laughs> directly responsible for the yeah. murder of his mentor who happens to also be his mentor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> you know, yeah. More of Obi-Wan's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan's a character. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you because you do feel betrayed. You feel sad. And the fact that they ended the movie on that yeah that's absurd what like, a cliffhanger yeah i mean like I, I think like if you set two towers aside right in mm -hmm. trilogies you typically think of the second book as kind of this filler right where okay like nothing's gonna happen it's gonna get me from the start to the end yeah and then when that happens you're just like oh this is yeah. neat right yeah. like we got something here like for sure because <laughs> empire is arguably the best of the three. Oh yeah i, I think know? it is easily. I, I think like if I think a new hope would be like uh, it's like technically the best where it has like oh these, yeah the story and it everything. has these stories and it has the exposition and all these things but like but yeah I love Empire Strikes Back like, Empire is sick like, Empire is a great great fun good film yeah so we've talked a lot about New Hope and Empire let's briefly kind of talk about the story arc in Return of the Jedi sure yeah. which I think is probably the weakest of the three films yeah, which is agree. still really good it's still good. right it's still really good I just I need to bring up the fact that the plot to free Han. One, they waited a year. Like, right? Like, come on. Han's <laughs> been in Carbonite a year. But the fact that they sent the droids in, they sent Leia in. Yeah. They sent the droids in with or with Luke's new saber so that they could get captured and then hopefully not destroyed. And then they sent Leia in to get caught. And yep. then Luke, just like, Luke, just go and swing, man. Like, come on. <laughs> we could have saved so much time. Right. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where we should have started. Yeah. It, it, oh, whatever. But anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I think the movie also struggles with trying to do a little bit too much, like, storyline-wise, story right? Like, in A New Hope, we're all on the same page. Everybody's doing the exact same thing. And we're, like, all – and it's, like, every act, all of the main characters move together. You know, and so we're just following this like one storyline, and and part of like we said, there's so much being introduced to you that like that the simplicity of that helps, 
in in Return of the Jedi, it everything has been introduced to you. You know all the characters don't have to do any of that. So it can kind of afford to split and do multiple storylines. But I do think that it hurts it a little bit, right? Because all of a sudden, like, Han is, like, on the planet. And Luke is, like, in the thing. And uh, Lando is, like, off shooting people. You know? And, like, this, yeah. all the characters are split up. And they're all doing, like, and you're, like, these flashy scenes where it's flipping back and forth to, like, try and show you what all the characters are doing. And it's like, okay, if this was a TV show, you know, yeah. this would be easier. But in, like, a two-hour movie, it feels a little bit, like, rushed almost. It, it I agree with that. Yeah. I do think that it does feel rushed. And that all, all of it's really cool. I do really like the entire scene of uh, Luke interacting with Palpatine. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, so much value. There's in- so much value there. Yeah. And, like, before the duel starts, it's just dialogue, right? Yeah. Like, they're looking out over the fleet and, you know, Palpatine calls out. He's like, yeah, I know your friends are down there trying to disable the shield. I got a legion of troops. Like, they're yeah. not getting there. And you feel, like, despair, right? Yeah. Like, it's pulling you into the pit of despair yeah. right before, you know, they st- the Ewoks <laughs> come right. in and save the day. Yeah. Uh, and just like even the like uh, the costume choice to put Luke like in dark colors. Yes, right? in black. In black and to show him, first of all, like in the despair, but also like you kind of raise the question of like what's going to happen. Like we we know that his father made this decision. Like is that kind of the way he's going to go? Yeah. You know, it, it's like it's a legitimate question for a minute there. Right. And I'm getting chills just like talking about it. But like <laughs> like after in the fight, like, you know, Vader's saying it's too late for him. Right. Right. Anakin saying this where Luke realizes that it's not. Mm-hmm. And and the the line, like, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Mm. Like, I love that line <laughs> where he throws away the lightsaber and yeah. then Palps is like, okay, well, then you're going to die. Yeah. And then, you know, he's crying jazz out. Jazz fingers. Yeah. Jazz fingers. <laughs> 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 and, he, he, and he's sitting there, you know, being forced lightning to death and he's crying out for his father and his father... Yeah. Yeets palps into the reactor. Yeah, where he dies forever. Ish. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> I I just think that I really like that from one, just Vader's arc, redemption arc, mm-hmm. but also from when you get the entire story from like Anakin's redemption arc. Yeah. Because, sure. you know, Anakin turned to the dark side because he wanted to protect his family. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, redeemed himself in the fact that he protected his family. Yeah, for sure. And and I love that that final scene is not just a cool lightsaber fight. Yes. You know. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like you said that he like tosses the lightsaber away and he like makes the choice and then like all the decisions that are being made are like emotional like all the characters are having to face, you know, their past decisions and, and what's brought them here today and like they're having to face against that. It's it's not just about how good they are with a lightsaber. And also, like, they've kind of, like, already had that fight. You know, like, they did check off the box. Like, you've got a cool lightsaber fight. But yeah, yeah. It's not just about him, like, literally besting Vader or something like that. Right, which we say it's the worst. It's still a really good movie. It's still awesome. Because yeah. it's also really... Okay, I'm just going to keep talking about this. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 like, when the three of them are talking up in the Death Star 2, mm-hmm. um, and you got that contrasted with Lando's and uh, Han and Leia's fights. Mm-hmm. So you get action spliced yep. into... The, the dramatic yeah. conversations, which I just really like the fact that the most powerful people are the ones talking it out. And yeah. you have like these teddy bears uh, taking down ATSTs, right? Yeah, going um, at it. Which, yeah. Speeders. <laughs> and speeders. Just clothesline and dudes left yeah. and right. Does that, uh, is that, I don't remember, is it five or six where um like 
Luke gets like the high ground over Anakin and <laughs> or over Vader. It's five. And Vader, it's five. Yeah. He's like, I've seen this shit before. <laughs> throws his lightsaber at him. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. That is six. That, that is six. six. Yeah. <laughs> Luke um, gets up on the stairs and he's like, No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what happens when I fight the high ground. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like even that decision of like throwing his lightsaber. Yeah. Right? Like Vader isn't it's, giving it his all. Like that's not the tactical move. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't get rid of that um right. like that you need that yeah. um i think it does show like the rage and conflict that yes Vader's going absolutely at that point, yeah I, sure. like choreography and everything and all the like those decisions were just perfect yeah um so yeah that that kind of fills in everything that i had in my notes is there anything that you wanted to touch on before no i think we... i've gotten to i think i've gotten to talk about everything that i wanted to talk about here it's i mean it's obviously it's it's so hard not to keep talking, right? It's oh, so yeah. hard not to just, like, cover everything. Yeah, I got some the... editing to do. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, exactly. Even we're probably long even from where we want to be. Um, but it's, you know, there's so much to cover here, and um, that's why we're just doing the original trilogy. I can't imagine how awful this would have been if we tried to do more of it. So we'll come back and we'll, we'll hit the other trilogies in, in later episodes. Um, not immediately. We'll hit it, you know, down yeah, the road a little down bit. Down the road. Down the road. But yeah. the next one that we are going to hit is Mistborn. Yep. The Final Empire. Final so Empire. make sure that you grab a copy of that, either audiobook or if you somehow have learned to read. Uh, you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be talking about that here in about five weeks. Yep. So we'll we'll remind you again on our next episode. But then um, in that following episode, full spoilers ahead. Full spoiler ahead. For we will Mistborn talk about Mistborn the Final one. Empire, which... Hopefully, we'll encourage you to read the next two. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth it. Um, but it does stand, again, it does stand alone as a book, so you don't feel like you have to read the rest of it if you don't want to. Um, it's the other side of the spectrum from soft magic here in Star Wars. Yep, uh, to, to Brandon Sanderson. Very strict hard <laughs> magic in Brandon Sanderson. So, really excited to, to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we can talk about that on social media as well. So, we're on Discord, which is hop in place over there. So, yeah. hop on over to Discord and let's let's chat about what we're reading, what you've been playing, and all that good stuff. We have yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Find us, connect with us, because uh, we love talking with you all. Yep. Continue to submit us uh, icebreaker questions. We love talking about those. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. Episode. Yeah. A ton of fun. So so if uh, if that's all that you got, that's it. then may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Cheers, Cheers buddy. <laughs>